If adventure has a name, it must be Indiana Jones. Hi, this is Ed Dollister, and welcome to episode 9 of the IndyCast, your weekly look at Indiana Jones news from around the world. We've got a bumper show this week, so sit back and relax as we take a look at what's making news in the world of Indiana Jones this week. Dr. Jones, now you must understand that this is all strictly confidential. Eh? I understand. Every clue he followed, every discovery he made. These pages are taken from Professor Jones' diary, Your Highness. Archaeology is the search for facts. Not truth. In the wake of last week's release of Vanity Fair with Indy on the cover, this week we have seen a lot, and I mean a lot of articles in newspapers and online. A few have picked up the George Lucas Q&A, where Lucas has said that he believes the critics already hate the movie. Of course, the stories all lead with the headline, Lucas dreading Indiana sequel, or something like that. Now, a few of our listeners have emailed and said to paraphrase Master Yoda, there is no hate, and we all just excited about a new indie movie. So, what do you guys think? You obviously are all pretty excited. I mean, you are listening to an Indiana Jones podcast after all. But do you think Uncle George is a little paranoid or or should that be puppanoid? Let me know what you think. Send me an email at ed at comicgenius.com. Ultimately, the way to prove him wrong is to vote with the old bums on seat adage and see the movie as much as we can. Vanity Fair writer Jim Wingdolph has delivered several in-depth articles and interviews with the cast and crew of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but the intrepid reporter has put together some of his own ideas and is venturing a theory that this next screen adventure will not be Indy's last hurrah. At the least, could we see a spin-off with Shire's character that moves into the 1960s? Me personally, I'd love to see him bump into the crew from American Graffiti or even Happy Days. Here's my take. Firstly, if Shire is Indy's son, I can't see the next movie called Mutt Jones and the insert something like Cavern of Death here. And they can't call it Young Indiana Jones, as that is reserved well for the Young Indy Chronicles. I think Shire's character was named Indiana by Marion, but he doesn't like the name as he found out that he's named after a dog. And what's another name for a dog? How about Mutt? Yep, that sounded just like the dodgy logic used in National Treasure. Anyway, it's still fun to speculate, so come May, I'm sure we'll see if we got any of this right. Don't forget to check the show notes for links to these articles. Still with Shire, he has been nominated among five international artists who have already demonstrated exceptional talent for an Orange British Academy Film Rising Star Award. Voted on by the public via cell phone and online voting, the winning award will be handed out during the February 10th British Academy Film Awards. You can vote for Shire via try saying that twice really quickly, the Orange website or by texting O-R-S-A Shire to 82058. Speaking of awards, Steven Spielberg, who was to be this year's recipient of the Cecil B. DeMille Award for Lifetime Achievement, will have to wait another year until next year's ceremony due to the cancellation of the Golden Globes due to the writer's strike. I don't know if I'm amazed more at the length of the writer's strike or the fact that Steven Spielberg hasn't already won one of these. And finally, Indiana Jones documentary Indie Fans adds famed Hollywood costume designer Deborah Nadulman Landis. 
boy, I thought Shia Vi was tough, to its already impressive and growing list of interviews. When creating the rugged look of Indiana Jones, Landis tells indie fans producer and director Brandon Clayler about the colour palette chosen for Indy, creating the right hat, and dives deep into our own personal archives and talks at length about designing many of the supporting characters' looks, including Marion Ravenwood, Belloc, and even the Havidos Indians. I hope to interview Brandon in the next few months. And now, let's take a look at collecting. Indiana Jones, Tote, and Cairo Swordsman action figures, each sold separately from Raiders of the Lost Ark Collection, new from Kenner. You know how long I've been looking for that? All your life? Well, it appears that the Indiana Jones Lego is well and truly making its mark with CoolestGadgets.com calling it officially the coolest thing ever. Not sure if it is that cool, but I think my Nintendo Wii on my 1978 Barry Gibb denim pantsuit might just beat it out. But I must admit, it is still pretty darn cool. ThrowMeTheIdol.com has some great picks from New York City's FAO Schwartz Toy Store, where visitors may find more than the four newly released LEGO Indiana Jones sets. In fact, they might find the man in the hat himself. Well, not Harrison Ford in the flesh, but rather a life-sized replica of Indiana Jones made from thousands of LEGO bricks. Thanks to Mitchell for the story. Plus, he said he also spotted in nearby Toys R Us in Danbury, Connecticut, a LEGO display case spotlighting the new sets. Under the display case bearing the Indiana Jones logo was a completed diorama featuring the LEGO Raiders Escape from the Temple set and Indiana's dad from The Last Crusade. Hopefully, these will be turning up in most large toy stores pretty soon. Mitchell also sent in scans from the latest issue of LEGO magazine featuring our favourite adventurer. Mitchell writes, It's not Vanity Fair, but it sure looks fun. If appearing as a life-size LEGO statue at FAO Schwartz wasn't enough for everyone's favourite archaeologist, this month's LEGO magazine features a detailed look at the latest sets. All four can be ordered individually or as a set, a $119.96 value for only $114.99 at legoshop.com. I've put the images up on the IndyCast Flickr page at www.flickr.com forward slash photos forward slash IndyCast. I will take the books now. What, what book? book? You have the diary in your pocket. There are pages torn out of this. This book contained a map. Where are these missing pages? This map. We must have these pages back. In a follow-up to last week's story about the cover of Dark Horse's movie adaptation of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull by artist Steve Anderson, the image, according to Dark Horse associate editor Jeremy Barlow on the Star Wars forums, is not the cover to the comic adaptation, but a solicitation-only image that Lucasfilm provided. Barlow goes on to say that the actual cover will be by Indian Star Wars artist Hugh Fleming. A big thank you to IndyCast listener Darren from Leeds in the UK who sent in some great scans of the February issue of Empire Magazine. Darren writes, Indy 4 is featured in the latest issue of the UK's Empire Magazine. There's a four-page feature on it and it also graces the front cover and there is even a teaser poster that I've never seen before that comes free with the issue. I've included scans of the front and back covers of the bag and of the article. I've really enjoyed listening to the IndyCast. Keep up the good work. Thanks for the scans and I'm really glad that you're enjoying the show. I've put the images up on the IndyCast Flickr page, so stop by and have a read. HarrisonFord.web has some great shots of the first batch of Topps Indiana Jones Heritage sketch cards by artist Grant Gould. The cards feature Indy, Marion, Molaram and Elsa. Visit HarrisonFordWeb.com for more details. 
ticketing mailboxes and newsstands is the latest issue of Star Wars Insider, which contains several items of interest for indie fans. The first is an advertisement for the fantastic new series of Topps trading cards entitled The Heritage Series. This set is styled after the original Raiders set from 1981, but now includes images from Temple of Doom and The Last Crusade. Fans may remember that The Last Crusade never received the trading card treatment in its original run in 1989. Thankfully, this gorgeous new set addresses that problem. Look for the new series to start shipping in February. And remember, there will be another set of cards for Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull from Topps in May. Star Wars Insider also contains a great article with Sean Patrick Flannery and Rick McCallum as they share their recollection on the adventures of young Indiana Jones now available on DVD. And finally, there is the latest installment of Indiana Jones Vault Number 7, this time exploring the eerie cave designs for 1984's Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Thanks to Mitchell for the update. Don't worry, this is kids' play. Uh-oh. What did you do now, Indy? I think I turned it on. Indiana Jones, the video game. Hey, you cheat, Dr. Jones, you cheat. I thought I'd spin off the games to a new segment. Not too much a report this week, but Microsoft did announce this week at CES that LEGO Indiana Jones will be available through their Games for Windows brand. So all you PC gamers can get a little brick action too. LEGO Indie will be also available on the Wii, can't wait for that, Nintendo DS, Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. It's today's mail. It's been opened. Dr. Schneider, message from Berlin. We should have mailed it to the Marx Brothers. Thanks for all your emails and story submissions over the week. Again, keep them coming. First up, a big hi to all the listeners at the 501st Terra Australis Garrison. Those guys do an awesome job, especially at the Starlight Children's Foundation. So keep up the great work and thanks for listening. Next, we have an email from Darren in Los Angeles. Darren writes... I swear to God that I saw a scene in a VHS copy of The Last Crusade with Callista Flockhart standing right next to Harrison Ford. It was shot at the university somewhere before he escaped his students out the window. I know I saw this. She had a bit part with no lines as a student standing right next to him. But I don't think the scene is in the DVD release. Did I dream it or was it intentionally removed because they hooked up later? I remember seeing it on video and thinking how funny it was that she played a student next to him back in 1989. Anyway, let me know if I'm crazy or not. Thanks for the great podcast. All right, Darren, I'm not going to call you crazy, but I dug out my old VHS copy of The Last Crusade. Remember what VHS tapes are? And I couldn't see Calissa. And I'm pretty sure that you probably saw someone who kind of looked like her, but given that she was playing a regular character, Elise, in the Guiding Light TV series in 1989, I don't think she'd be doing extra work, even on an indie film. Mind you, I could be wrong, and I have been before. So if anyone knows, send me an email at ed at comicgenius.com, or you can discuss this story or any of them in the dedicated forums at rebelscum.com. Don't forget, you can also send in your indie-related photos to me and I'll add them to the IndieCast Flickr page at www.flickr.com forward slash photos forward slash IndieCast. Well, that's it. We've made it through another bumper edition of the IndieCast. Don't forget, check out all the show notes for further details on the stories we covered. Special thanks to Dustin, Dan, Jay, Jimmy Mac, Jason, Pete, everyone at TheForce.net, and I had a ball joining you guys on your latest episode. This is Ed Dollister telling you to remember... If adventure has a name, it must be 
Indiana Jones. This podcast is not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited or Paramount Pictures and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Indiana Jones site can be found at www.indianajones.com. Indiana Jones, all names and sounds, and any other Indiana Jones-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of TheForce.net LLC unless otherwise indicated.